Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 221 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by the infamous, the elusive, Mr. Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you? I'm good, Joe. Yourself? Very good, my friend. Very good. So last week's show, obviously, we had Duke McKenzie on. Um, I've had some brilliant feedback on that. So thank you to everyone that that has um, given it a listen. And also thanks to the people that sent in the kind words. If you haven't yet listened, go check it out. It's a very lengthy interview, very in-depth and very, um, you know, very interesting, actually. There was, there was some great great bits some real funny bits as well and um it was one of my favorite interviews i've done actually so yeah thanks thanks about that um moving on to the part one we're going to split the show up a little bit differently there's absolutely nothing to review whatsoever so part one is just going to consist of a couple of minutes of talking about the latest news and that is pretty much it so we're just going to discuss some news now and then we'll bring in our first guest and then of course um, part two will be the the preview part there's a couple of cards to mention and then we'll bring in our second and final guest so we're back to now having two guests per week like usual um but yeah before i carry on rambling too much bring in the latest news i as if you can the fight synapse gary russell jr will defend his wbc february ch- uh, february title against uh tugstot nayambar yeah, obviously, Gary Russell Jr., a friend of the show, someone I quite like, actually. Got a bit of a soft spot for him. Um, you know, he, he was he was caught doing something a bit silly not too long ago when he, you know, made that video with Leo Santa Cruz's dad and stuff. That was a bit distasteful, in my opinion, a bit stupid of him. But, um, yeah, you know, he takes on a very good fighter here. Those that won't know Niambiar, he is a guy who had a real good amateur career. He's 11-0 with nine KOs as a professional. But, yeah, his amateur career was really the impressive one, you know. He boxed the who's who of names in the amateurs. Um, he, he got beat a few times, you know. He lost to Nordinu Bali and stuff like that. But, you know, other than that, he had some brilliant, brilliant wins. Um, wins over Mohamed Wazim. Um, he lost also to Rabisi Ramirez. I think we were mentioning, mentioning him on last week's show. Um, he, he beat Declan Geraghty in the amateurs. There's a bunch, a bunch of guys that he, that he, that he beat in the amateurs. So he's a very, very good amateur fighter. And, um, yeah, he, he kind of gets, I, I suppose, thrown in the deep end, if you like, quite early in his pro career, so it'd be interesting to see what he has, but Gary Russell Jr., you can't really bet against him, I mean, every time we see him in the ring, which is, at the minute, about once a year, which is, you know, a real shame, he's he's just not as active as, as we'd liked him to have been, but, you know, he is a phenomenal fighter, and if he boxed two or three times a year, stuff, stuff like that, he'd probably be getting in my top 10 pound for pound list, you know, he's a, he's a great fighter, Gary Russell Jr., Okay, also on the undercard, 
Guillermo Rigondo will face Liborio Solis for the WBA regular bantamweight title on February the 8th at the PPL Centre in Allentown, America. Yeah, um, Pennsylvania, that one is, by the way. But um, yeah, Rigondo against Liborio Solis. Uh, those, those, I'm sure, of you that will remember, Liborio Solis had the two fights with Jamie McDonnell. Um, you know, one ended with a points win for McDonnell in which a lot of people felt like you know, Solis did enough to win and McDonald got a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a hometown decision, even though if I remember correctly, I think the fight was in Monaco. Um, but yeah, the rematch happened. And then I think McDonald got a cut really early on, something like that, ended up with a no decision um, after three rounds. So yeah, you know, he's been in, he's been in a few fights, obviously box Yamanaka as well, lost to him, but he's a solid fighter, you know, and we saw that against Jamie Mack. That was the last fight, you know, he, he lost that, that first fight with Jamie Mack and, you know, he, he turned up, he's a very hungry guy. And to be honest at this part of Rigondo's career, I think hunger is his problem. So he could get out, you know, out, out-hearted or out-hungered, out you know, it's, it's going to probably be who wants it more, and it seems like in this part of Rigondo's career, you know, he just doesn't have that hunger, so it could be interesting, um, and that is, that's encouraging signs, really, because Rigondo, not always in interesting fights, um, but yeah, that's it for that one, that, of course, like you say, takes place Saturday, February the 8th in Pennsylvania, USA, it's going to be on Showtime. Yep, and, and the final news is, Julio Cesar Martinez will face Jay Harris for the WBC of Flyweight Top uh, on the Mikey Garcia v Jesse Vargas undercard at the Ford Center in America, USA. Yep, the uh, the Ford Center in Texas. Um, yeah, it's, it's an intriguing fight. You know, Jay Harris, I know there's a few people that listen to the podcast that are big fans of Jay Harris, the, the Welshman, 17 and 0. A guy that I always, you know, paid attention to. He had a few decent wins. Can't remember who the first guy was who he beat where I started saying hmm this 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 guy could be quite special I mean he's got he's got he's got a decent record obviously you know the likes of Thomas Asomba on there as well a tough guy with a deceiving record he beat Ross Murray for the Commonwealth Um, you know he's gone on from that and I think the 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 win against Angel Moreno obviously Moreno was a guy that Charlie Edwards defended his WBC world title against and you know, he's a tough, tough guy, Moreno, even though, you know, Charlie Edwards beat him quite comfortably, um, you know, he ended up beating him unanimously. It wasn't like there was any easy rounds in there for for Charlie Edwards, you know, he, he kept coming forward, he's as strong as hell, and like I say, a complete, complete tough guy, and when I heard that he was taking on Jay Harris, I thought, oh, this could get quite interesting here, but no, Jay Harris completely shut him out on one card and then the other the other two cards were were very wide as well um not to mention Moreno also came in I think um I think he might have just been overweight or he might have made it on the second attempt or something like that uh, that one was for the EBU European flyweight title so he's proved to us there that he is at least European level you know he's he's been a European champion he's he's moving up now to to world class level here and then most recently is his win Jay Harris over Paddy Barnes he looked he looked real good there obviously Paddy Paddy Barnes didn't turn out to be the professional that we all thought he'd be and um Jay Harris managed to stop him in four but you know he seems big for the weight um you know not so much in height, but he seems quite filled out for the weight and stuff like that. He looks good. He looks healthy. And the way he took Barnes apart, it was it was real impressive, you know. Um, like I say, Barnes 
didn't live up to, to the professional fighter we thought he'd be, but Jay Harris kind of, you know, told us once again or proved to us once again there that he's a he's a he's a much higher level than the likes of Paddy Barnes and Angel Moreno, you know, and Angel Moreno, a former world title challenger, Paddy Barnes, a former world title challenger, he's beaten both with ease, so it goes to show he he's worthy of a world title shot in my opinion, and he gets it here. The only problem is it's against this this absolute animal, you know, the Mexican banger, the Mexican banger that last time out against Rosales. You know, prove to us that he's he's actually got a gas tank late on as well. You know, so he's a complete danger man. And you know, as much as I'd love to see Jay Harris win, because I tell you what, there's a short list of um, of Welsh world champions, and a win here would be up there with one of the most impressive ones. I have to say it. You know, because um, this this guy. Martinez looks real, real special, but yeah, Jay Harris, I mean, he's got the tools, he's got the tools to box and stuff like that, but ultimately, I just don't think he's got the, the punching power to keep the Mexican off of him, and that will probably end up being his, undo- his undoing, but I hope I'm wrong, I'd love to see him win, but it's a, it's a tough, tough task, even those close to Jay Harris must know that. Yep, and that's it for the news. Okay, thank you, Eyes. Well, that's it then for part one. The final thing to do is to welcome our very first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the top heavyweight contender, the people's champ. It is, of course, Mr. Michael Hunter. Mike, welcome back on the show, my man. Hey, how you doing? Glad to be back. What's going on? Glad to have you back, Mike. We last spoke in November. Uh, It was just after the Povetkin fight had been announced for the first time. Obviously, the fight took place in Saudi on that Joshua Ruiz 2 undercard. I I purposely waited a little while to speak to you to uh, let everything sink in. I know you were here, there, and everywhere, but just talk me through that fight from your perspective looking back now. I thought I won the fight. That didn't change. Uh, like I said, I think I, I feel like I could have done a lot more different things to um, make it more convincing, uh, very subtle things. So I think um, if I fought again, it would, I would make the fight much easier. So, uh, But the dude was definitely had some veteran moves, and, um, you know, he's a vet. So there was a lot of different things that he did in there to, you know, um, you know be able to fight back and make it comp- competitive. And, of course, you watched the fight back um, on the TV. Uh, Did you see anything on the TV that you perhaps didn't notice in the ring on the night? Obviously, you you watched it back on a nice TV (laughs) at my house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, uh, that's the only time I've seen it too. <laughs> thought you might have watched it back a couple of times after, but all right, cool. Um, yeah, did you see anything on the TV uh, that you didn't, you know, perhaps see on the night aside from dust, of course? <laughs> I feel like even on TV it was even more convincing. Uh, you know, you could see a better, um, you know, have a better view of the ring and all different angles and stuff like that. Um, so. Uh, it just com- confirmed more of my, you know, what I was already thinking. Yeah, because I think there was a moment where you, um, you know, in the fight, you hurt him to the body, but he kind of winced on the blind side of you and the referee. But the camera, obviously, watching it back on the TV, you can see. I'm sure that happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely had that. But, uh, you know, I just couldn't finish him off. I thought I had him in a few of those rounds um, from 1 to 12, you know, 1, 11. Seven somewhere around there, um, and uh, you know, like I said, he was a vet. He just had a lot of different experience and knew how to stay alive and, and go those twelve rounds. And what do you want to do next, Mike? Because obviously, 
you know, fight fans and of course yourself, we all kind of leave this fight, you know, feeling a little bit, I suppose, um, I don't know, I want to say kind of disappointed, not because of your performance, but obviously the judges, we don't think the right outcome came of this. I've barely seen anyone at all online that thought Povetkin won. It seems like he was real lucky, you know, so it's not a satisfying satisfying kind of result, I guess, for not just yourself, but everyone else. So what do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to look for that rematch? Do you want to just move on? What do you think you, you, you should be doing next? Um, you know, I just want the biggest, biggest and best fights for me. Uh, I think um, there's other fights out there for me right now. Uh, if the, if you know, the crowd, the fans wanted to fight, and it was a, uh, you know, something they were asking for, I would definitely be interested. But I really think that there's other great fights out there for me, uh, especially over there across seas in London. And I think there's a lot of uh, competitive and good fights and a lot of shows that I could put on, uh, you know, over there in 2020. Another thing is, I mean, you know, a lot of people, of course, would like to see the rematch, whether or not that's, you know, that's something you're too interested in, I'm not quite sure. But Povetkin's team, I mean, if I was part of his team, I'd probably be advising him to not take the rematch, you know, because he took a hell of a lot of punishment, if we're being honest. Um, when should we expect an announcement uh, for your next fight, Mike, or if you can't tell us that, when are you hoping to be back in the ring? I, I, I want to fight somewhere in, in uh, April. Hopefully uh, somewhere next to Anthony Joshua, maybe on the same undercard. Then I know I heard he was fighting around the same time, April. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I'm not sure, but I, I think in April. And gut feeling that will be in the U.K.? I would think so. You know, like I said, nothing is totally official, but I think they're looking at April in, in the UK. So I'm, I'm excited for that. You know, the fans out there, bar none, are the best best fans out there. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to be fighting over there if, if that does happen. Yeah, like I say, when you were over here straight after the fight, um, you know, you, we, we went to that to that mall, that shopping mall, and man, you were getting mobbed by the fans. I mean, Daniel Dubois and Tommy Fury were there, but everyone seemed to be there for you, man. They were they wouldn't leave you alone. <laughs> um, Mike, I want to get your reaction to the Joshua Ruiz fight. I mean, were you shocked at how dominating Joshua's win was? I mean, it seemed like Ruiz just couldn't get near him. It was quite frustrating almost to see. Well, I think uh, I wasn't really shocking. I think Anthony played all his cards right, and Andy didn't play his cards right. So uh, I think it just made for a very dominant performance. So I mean, I think I mean we can't take nothing from Anthony. I'm not trying to take anything from Anthony, um, but you know I just think that that had a lot to do with Andrew Ruiz. Um, you know, not being so prepared for it, and and also. Like I said before, that, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua is aware of Andy Ruiz and him being a threat now. So I knew that that was going to play a big part in the fight. And, uh, you know, you see what happens. And what do you want to see both men do next? I think Dillian White's already been talking about perhaps, you know, he'd like to fight um, Andy Ruiz. That's a fight I, I, I quite like the sound of, to be honest. But what do you, what do you, what do you want both men to do next if it was up to you? I, I, I would like that fight for... Um, uh, for him to fight Dillian, um, you know he's across the pond. They probably not might not want to use him again. You know I'm not really sure. You know there's there's uh, for Andy Ruiz. 
But that would be a decent fight. I never thought about that, but I was thinking that, you know, he would have to go back over and, and start fighting PVC fighters again, but uh, maybe there's an opportunity for him to fight some people from on the zone. And Anthony Joshua, what do you want um, his next move to be? Um, you know, Anthony, I think, has different... I definitely don't want it to be Pulev. You know, I heard they were trying to pull that. Um, you know, I think that's like a... You know, almost like a cop-out type fight. Um, but, you know, he, he you know, he just got his belts back. Maybe he's, you know, trying to bask in it or something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I definitely... I'm not sure about that, but I think he should be trying to fight... You know, somebody with a name, you know. And what are your thoughts on Tyson Fury's decision to, you know, break ties with his former trainer, Ben Davison, and link up with um, with, with Sugar Hill just two months out from his rematch with Wilder? It seems a bit crazy, but, you know, a lot of things to do with Fury do seem quite crazy anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you never know, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, Fury, somebody of that caliber, and um, he has a lot of experience. So there could be a little, little tedious things that make a re- actual big difference when it comes to training and, you know, in the camp and making sure, uh, you know, the camp is going right, you know. Uh, so it's very hard to say. Uh, I think uh, Tyson Fury is a great fighter, regardless of whoever's in the ring with him. I mean, whoever's in, in his corner. Uh, so I think he'll do just fine. And just finally, Mike, any closing words at all for our listeners before I let you go? No, nah, continue to watch me. I hopefully I'll be fighting somewhere in April. Looking, um, be looking forward for my my entrance. You know, I'm gonna try to make it bigger and better than the last one. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. Listen, Mike, it's always great speaking with you, my friend. Once again, happy new year, and I'm sure that we'll catch up again at some point later on in the year. Yeah, likewise. Okay, now it's time for part two on this show. Usually the news, but of course we covered that in part one. Let's move straight on to the preview party. It is going to be a quite short show this week. Uh, we're going to start here at the preview party. It takes place on Friday, uh, Friday, Friday the 10th of January at the Ocean Resort Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey, USA. Let's start with the undercard. We've got one to watch actually here. If if I don't think it's getting shown on on uh, on TV over here, but if you can find a stream, definitely tune in. Or, of course, if you're in the States, it's on Showtime. Jerome Ennis, he's being talked about as one of the brightest prospects in world boxing. Uh, a very good puncher as well from Philadelphia, so not too far from his hometown here. He takes on Bakhtiar Ayubov, who's 14-1 and with a draw. That one's over 10 rounds. Like I say, Jerome Ennis, 24-0, certainly one to watch. And then the two world title fights on the card involve four women. So let's start with Alicia Napoleon. She um, has a record of 12-1. and She's in a 10-2-minute round contest against Edin um, Kederos, I think it is, 7-0. and her Omega, because, you know, Alicia Napoleon, a good fighter. That one's for the WBA and the IBF World Female Super Middleweight titles. And then topping the bill, Clarissa Shields, friend of the show, the two-time Olympic gold medalist, the undefeated um, possible quote. She fights for the vacant WBC and vacant WBO World Female Super Welterweight titles against Ivana Habazin, 20-3, former welterweight world champion. Of course, that one's over 10 two-minute rounds. Ivana Habazin 
Tabazin will be joining us um, just after this preview part. She will be our second guest, so I'm looking forward to that one. But a brilliant fight there. Obviously, like I say, Clarissa Shields been on the show many times. I've got a good relationship with her. Um, I'm looking forward to this Tabazin interview. I'm going to have to sit on the fence here. May the best female win. Uh, moving out now to the Mark G. Tess Arena in the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Atlantic City. So all the action's happening in Atlantic City this weekend, but this one takes place on the Saturday. Um, this is a brilliant fight, by the way. Uh, Jesse Hart, 26-2. and two. He's in a 10-rounder against Joe Smith Jr., 24-3. and three. I'll tell you why that's a brilliant fight. Joe Smith Jr., we all know he can really bang. Um, he had a fantastic 2016, I think it was. I felt... Like, he deserved a real shouting for fighter of the year. That was the year I think he beat Bernard Hopkins and um, a couple of other guys. But anyway, good fighter, you know. He's he's proven, you know, he's mixed it at, at the top, at the top really, of that 175 division. Jesse Hart, you know, obviously his two losses came to Gilberto Ramirez at 168. But since moving up, I think he's had the one fight... Um, didn't he fight? I think he fought. Um, did he fight Sullivan Barrera? I think he did. You know, I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not checking any facts here. I think it's off the top of my head. I think he beat Sullivan Barrera, and I think Joe Smith Jr. actually lost to Barrera, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, that that's 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 interesting there. But you know, Jesse Hart, he was quite big for super middle. He's moved up to 175, and this is the first time where he's really going to be taking on someone that I'd say punches harder than him, because you know, Jesse Hart can really punch. Um, but, you know, Sullivan Barrera doesn't always take a punch the best. You know, he's been down a handful of times. I think Joe Smith put him down in, like, the first round when they boxed. But, um, yeah, Joe Smith Jr., you wouldn't want to get caught um, trading hooks with him. So it could be interesting there. Um, all the best, though, to Jesse Hart, friend of the show. Once upon a time, he told me he wants to eventually fight um, Anthony Joshua at heavyweight. He's a bit crazy, the man from Philadelphia. Um, moving out now to the final bill to mention. It takes place at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Antonio, Texas, USA. Couple fights to mention on the bill. Firstly, the undercard, friend of the show, Hector Tanahara, 18 and 0. He's in a 10 rounder against Juan Carlos Burgos, who's 33 and 3 with two draws. Burgos, seen him in there a few times before, quite an experienced guy. And um, I tell you what, Tanahara needs to be on his A game there because that is a real, real banana skin, you know. Even though he's got the three losses, he's quite crafty, Burgos. And. Um, yeah, that could be that could be quite tricky for him there actually, and um, the the top of the bill, Jaime Munguia, thirty four and oh, it's his first fight at middleweight. Obviously, a former. Um, Super welterweight slash light middleweight, 154 world champion, undefeated, and it's his 35th fight. He takes on friend of the show. It's his 34th fight. Um, 30 and 3 is the record as it stands. Spike O'Sullivan, Gary O'Sullivan, friend of the show, like I say, that's a 12 rounder there. Um, you've got a side with Mungia, haven't you, Ayaz? Because, you know, he, he was a bit of a wrecking ball, really, at 154. But saying that, his last couple of defenses, I think, I think both of them were quite controversial, quite close. And like I say, he's moving up against Spike O'Sullivan, who can really bang. So again, I can't see that fight being anything but. Um, you know, but a phone booth kind of fight. You know, there's going to be lots and lots of action there. Both men, um, I'm sure, are gonna are gonna swing. You know, with everything they've got. But you have to obviously side with Mungir. He is, even though it's his first fight at middleweight, he is. You know, he's a top fighter. Um, Spike O'Sullivan sometimes been a little bit exposed when he steps up in class. But um, you know, this guy is stepping up in weight class, so it could be interesting. But you have to side with Mungir. I'm sure you'd probably agree.
Yes, I'm definitely going to agree. So I'm going to go with a Mungia, uh, Mungia to win by knockout. Yeah, sadly, I think you're probably right. But all the best out there um, in in San Antonio, Texas, for um, for Spike O'Sullivan. I'd love to see him get a win because I tell you what, if he if he were to win that that fight there, then um, boy oh boy, you know that'd probably mean a world title fight next for him. Um, Golden Boy have been quite good to him, and of course, it's a Golden Boy show, but. You know, they obviously want their man Mungia to win because, again, Golden Boy's uh, situation right now with a few of their boxers, it's not, it's not going all smooth sailing at the minute. But anyway, that wraps up the preview part of the show. That is literally all the talking done from myself. The final thing, of course, to do is to welcome our second and final guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former IBF female welterweight champion and former IBO middleweight champion, Miss Ivana Habazin. Ivana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much to having me in the show. No problem. It's great to have you on, Ivana. So, obviously, this fight against Clarissa Shields um, has been rescheduled for January the 10th in Atlantic City. From the very beginning, though, when this fight was originally made, before all the drama that unfolded, it seemed like there was a bit of bad blood there. Where did that start, or or was there no bad blood to begin with, Ivana? Well, this is really interesting question, but I would I would ask Clarissa about about bad blood, you know, because um, I think she she always made a problem, <laughs> even there is no problem, but. Um, for me, oh, I'm I'm focused on her and on this fight, just like for for my next opponent. You know, I know it's a big chance for me, definitely, to become third division world champion. But um, it's not like I have some bad blood in, in me, you know, or whatever. Of course, uh, certain stuff happened. But um, all this stuff, what happened, gave me more motivation. And obviously, you know, when the fight was set for October the 5th, everyone, I'm sure, has, has seen all the all the, all the horrific um, videos and stuff. But following the weigh-in, you know, your trainer, James Ali Bashir, was attacked. It was nothing short of disgusting to see it online, let alone actually being there yourself to witness it firsthand. At that point, Ivana, was there, was there a danger of it perhaps becoming a bit personal, more than just a normal fight, but actually a bit personal now, a bit emotional. But definitely it's it's more personal. I will I will not say it's more emotional because for me you can use your emotions in the ring, you know. You just need to be focused and calm. But of course what happened to my coach he, he, it was very bad for for the for boxing community, you know. And um even for example, this fight uh, first supposed to be in August, so then was rescheduled for October fifth. Finally, we came to this point that the fight uh, needs to be, but then happened what happened, and uh, of course, even on on the press conference or you know, like uh, before the fight. Uh, Clarissa Shields always has this like bad altitude, you know, like start talking uh, bad stuff and everything and uh, because this is her way what she's doing, but for me she's just nothing than, than a bully, you know so it's not like um, I actually 
like I pay intention on her. For me, it was the most important thing, fight. So after all this stuff, what happened, of course, she came out with uh, a lot of stuff. She always talked, but you know what, talk is cheap anyway. So I had, after the fight, one statement, and uh, she almost like, maybe I don't know, maybe every 10 days she has something to say. So, of course, uh, uh, I'm supposed to answer her, but every time she's pissed off, so, you know, this is like... Uh, and she tried to make uh, to make this fight like like it's a war, but you know like she said it's not anymore about the fight now it's a war so I will make uh, uh, I will make I, I this is her wish so she will get the war. And my last question on on the first fight, obviously at the time I just want people to understand this, it was your team of course that made the decision to not go ahead with a fight, obviously you wouldn't have been able to have your trainer there, Um, was that a hard, you know, a hard pill to swallow if you like, did that bother you, Um, obviously it was the right thing to do, I'm sure you know that now, but was it it a hard thing to do to, to miss out on that fight? Well, uh, when they asked me for the fight, I I didn't need even a second to say no because this is something what was really disrespectful, and uh, there is no way to go in the fight without my coach. And Ivana, I know that you are super duper, you know, against bullying, and you've got plans after this fight to, you know, use the the platform that you that you'll be on that you're on to to bring you know, lots of anti-bullying campaigning, especially back in your country in Croatia, you want to use this moment to really shed some light on the, you know, the whole bullying thing, not just, not just, of course, in your country, but worldwide, obviously, no one likes bullies, you brand Clarissa as a bully, if I'm not mistaken, just tell me what you're, what you're looking to do in the future, um, you know, with the spotlight that you're going to have and use it to your advantage to bring light on such a, such a bad thing like bullying. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, you know, like, like long time ago, I'm always sensitive about kids and everything. But bully is something what is what is in our lives, you know, all the time. And uh, for me, like I said, Clarissa Shields is just a bully. And uh, you always need to stand up, you know, and uh, show show people like her. You you need to show that uh, she can do all this stuff. She can't do all this stuff, you know. So um, in some way, definitely, uh, this is like um, this give me a more motivation to do something because um, I think like. Uh, with examples like this, when you don't let, uh, for example, uh, I, she can't, uh, she can't come in my in my head what she was doing before to the other opponents, you know, because um, in my life I I I uh, I have I had a lot of connection with bullies before, so for me is nothing new. And there is always a certain way how you can beat this. So for me, like I said, with this platform is the is the most important thing to show the kids to everyone that they always can beat the bullying. And Ivana, um, 
you know, you, you, you mentioned that you want to take boxing to, to a new height. You don't believe that Clarissa is the girl that can do that. You know, she obviously brands herself the, quote, the greatest uh, woman of all time. Do you, do you agree with that? I mean, what, what would you do if you were in the driving seat? A win here. You'd be right at the top. How differently would you do things? Or, or how bad is Clarissa at this, I suppose, impression of the quote? Well, first, I will never call myself a quote because um, there is a, a certain time when, for example... Um, Woman, woman's, uh, w- woman in boxing has a really good fighters, you know, like legend. So, like, um, she always she she's talking like she's the best ever. So, I definitely don't agree with this. And uh, even she said that she, um, she, she calling out like uh, Leila Ali a couple of time and that uh, she can beat her and everything. I mean, when I started with boxing, first, for who I know, of course, was Leila Ali, you know. And uh, even we know for Christy Martin, Lucia Riker, and Wolf, for me, all of them are really legends, and uh, they are better than Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields can beat them 100%. So, but, you know, the most important thing, if we look at these women's, they was totally different, and they 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 show respect and um for me of course uh i'm sure i'm gonna beat clarissa shields later i would like to fight fight katie taylor i would like to fight cecilia brykos too because i want this rematch uh, uh, against cecilia and um you know in in all of this of course if i beat them all it's go- not if when, but you know, in in all of this, you always need to be humble. You need to be big, but you need to be humble. So for me, this is the most important thing. And Ivana, I know that Clarissa has branded you um, as a racist in a statement that I've seen. Um, just how do you respond to that? Obviously, I'm not sitting here and saying that you're a racist for one second, but how do you respond to that? I know you wanna you wanna probably hit back at that and. Uh, yeah, I'm just giving you a chance to kind of respond to that there. Well, sometimes the best response is ignorance, you know. And so I, I don't, I don't actually. Both my coaches are are black, so how can I be a racist? I never even talk. I, I don't, um, I don't uh, watch on people. Are they white? Are they black? You know. For me, people are good or bad, so that's it. And I respect people, but uh, I know there is. If somebody is always talking about stuff like racist or something, what, for example, Clarissa Shields talking all the time, maybe she uh, should ask herself, is she a racist? And Ivana, I know that you, you know, you've had a couple of interactions or whatever on Twitter. You're not really someone who likes to, you know, get on social media and talk so much. But Clarissa's blocked you, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what's your view on that? Have you got a view that perhaps she can give it and not take it? I don't know, you know, I think definitely because uh, I think uh, she feeds herself with only, with good stuff, with all these people who is telling her that she's the best, whatever. And if somebody uh, gave uh, give her a critic, she, she can handle with this. So that's actually uh, talk a lot about her. 
but um, I you know like she she always uh, write and even even at the beginning a bad stuff to me and whatever I never answer or something like this because I really I I don't care you know there is there there is gonna be always a people who's gonna li- like you who's gonna hate you whatever for me I don't care because I know why I'm doing all this stuff it's 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 because I enjoying in this so I don't need some cheap talk to 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 bring myself up have you had enough time to 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 push everything to the it sounds like you have but i'm I'm asking you anyway have you had enough time to kind of push all those horrible events to the back of your mind and just concentrate on the fight once again the same kind of mindset you had going into the first one well um it's it's you know like for me when i know what is my goal and um for example like this fight can change all my life so of course i have only one focus and uh, i will not let the 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 other things from outside to 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 change anything you know so uh i don't i don't uh think about what happened before i'm only focused on my training and uh, i'm uh, focus 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 it on this fight that's all you know like um of course i have certain certain things with what i supposed to doing uh, at at home and uh, everything but um i always uh, give 100% of me so maybe in some way you know like uh, r- right now maybe i'm more hungry to to prove like that I'm better than her, that I'm the best. So for me, all this what happened, maybe is just, uh, maybe it's better, you know, because I think that after these three months, I will be much, much better and different fighter than I supposed to be in October. And I must, of course, ask, um, how is Mr. Bashir now, Ivana? Well, he's getting better. He's still not recovered. He can't fly. He's like every week uh, in hospital, has some exams. They are checking on him, but um, recovery is long. So, you know, but he's getting better. This is the most important thing. Yes, of course. All, all prayers with him. And you're now in the in the interim period being trained by Steve Upshur for this fight in particular. Steve, obviously, for those that may not know, being the brother of Eddie Chambers. How's that working out for you, Ivana, yourself and Steve? Well, when I met Steve, um, we, we really have, like, you know, like a good connection on the first. So um, he knows even... Uh, Bashir is for him like a father. He knows him a long time ago, and um, when we like decide that he, he's gonna train me, you know, it was uh, definitely something important. But when we start working, it's I can say that he uh, brought some new stuff, you know, and I'm enjoying in training, and it's different. Uh, some stuff are very different because. He, he 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 was a fighter he was in the ring he has uh, a lot of fights and uh, some big fights you know so he has uh, one experience from the ring uh, and i learned some new stuff what i am sure will be very very helpful helpful for me 
and you know, like like we said, January tenth is the date for the vacant WBO and WBC World Super Welterweight titles. Um, I mean, I've seen what Clarissa says. She's been posting saying that she believes she's going to get. I think it's her third KO. She's expecting a knockout. It seems like she's trying to overlook you already. Um, I'm guessing, you know, this is this is going to be a very very entertaining fight. Obviously, you said it yourself. The, the events that happened. It seems crazy to say, but perhaps you know they've they've made the fight a lot more interesting. Even though something like that shouldn't have happened for this to happen, but it's very interesting. Everyone's going to be watching this one. I'm expecting a, a fireworks kind of fight. Would you love to knock her out? I'm sure you would. But how do you see it going? Do you, do you win on points? Do you win by KO? How do you see it going? Well, she wants KO, so she will get KO. So I'm going to knock her out. Okay, short and sweet. And just uh, Ivana, any any closing message at all? Just to just to your fans over here in the UK. Obviously, a lot of us over here seen the footage of what happens. A lot of us are now behind you. They want to see you become victorious on January tenth. What's your message to your supporters over here in the UK? I I really want to say big thank you to to the old people uh, who gave and show me support. It was really a lot of people. And the most important thing is, um, I, I definitely think that Clarissa Shields is not a good example for women's boxing. So uh, I really want to beat her. And um, I, my wish is to put women's boxing on one, one uh, biggest level. So with this victory, I hope I'm going to do that. And also, I just almost almost forgot about this one. Um, obviously, your, your your manager reminded me to to, to, to ask you about this a, a potential fight in the future that really interests you, Katie Taylor. Just tell me about about that. Um, obviously, being being something for you in the future. If you just want to give me a sentence on that, that'd be that'd be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. For me, you know, I I I always accept challenges. I I like challenges and. I would like I I would like to fight the best female fighters right now. There is Clarissa Shields, Cecilia Brykus, and Katie Taylor. So, and I don't expect from from them like to go up or to go down. I'm ready to go in the vision where they are. So, uh, after Clar- Clarissa Shields, uh, exactly actually Clarissa Shields is my primary goal and concern right now. So, after this fight, when I win. I can uh, think about next fights, but definitely uh, Katie Taylor is a huge star. Uh, boxing in uh, UK is getting bigger and bigger, and I would definitely like to fight with her. And we'd all love to see that. It sounds like your 2020 will be real exciting, Ivana. But listen, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck for January 10th in Atlantic City, and I hope that we can catch up sometime after the fight. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Okay, and this wraps up episode 221 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. I as Sumra has been I as Sumra. A massive thank you to our two guests on this week's show, the top heavyweight contender, Michael Hunter, and of course, the former IBF female welterweight world champion, Ivana Habazin. Last but not least, I'd like to thank you all for listening once again to this week's podcast. You are the greatest listeners in the podcast world. I'm about to head to the airport to fly out to the States to be ringside for Clarissa Shields versus Ivana Habazin. 
Abba's in. Next week's podcast will hopefully be hosted by myself and Eddie Chambers, so look out for that one. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend, tell them to tell their friends, and we shall see you all again next week.